when you're running a station, when there's too many tickets, you yeah. know, count how many dishes you have to make of this dish, and your station is a mess, there's food all over the floor, um, and you're just, you don't even know where, some of the tickets are just like hidden. <laughs> In the best way, you know, that's, that's kind of like life, you know, like how yeah. creative life. You have so much going on, events, posts you have to make. And the best thing to do in that situation, even though it sounds like it's against um, what you need to do in that moment, is you pause yeah. in the, all the chaos and you stop. And then you start small. You start organizing the tickets. You start cleaning your board. You start refilling all your ingredients. Mm -hmm. You start sweeping the floor. And then you ask the chef, "What? where am I? Now you know. You reset it. And now you're good to go. Yeah. That's um, how you know, I, I feel like I have to do my thing, too. As an owner slash chef, it's like when there's, there's too much going on, I just have to, like, I'll just leave. Hi, I'm Nisa. And I'm Tabari. The husband and wife duo behind Ginger and Carrot Productions. A creative agency telling captivating stories about food and culture. Food is life. It's history, culture, it's nourishment. But most importantly, it's delicious. In this podcast, we're cutting up with our friends in the industry who feel the same way. So join us for the most epic conversation about food you're going to hear today. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, really quick, I just want to let y'all know that Ginger and Care Productions is accepting photography and videography clients. So if you have an epic food story that you want to tell for your brand, your restaurants, your platform, then go to gingerandcarrot.com, fill out that intake form, and let's get started. Let's start the conversation. So I cannot wait to hear from you. All right, back to the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pitch Your Authenticity podcast. Today, we have some very special guests. We have Pranas and Rod from one of our favorite restaurants in the entire world. It's a lot market. How are y'all? Very good. I'm great. Yeah. Yay. Hey. Good to hear. Yeah. Slot Market is a Thai restaurant in Atlanta. It's one of the first places like I think me and Nisa started to go to when we first started dating. It's really formative in our relationship and then also in our business as well. You know what I mean? We've worked with them before and we worked them on the um with Georgia Organics with the uh Farmer Champion Awards just to kind of hang out with them and take pictures and try all that tasty food and Outsults a lot is where the first place I started to eat in tiger fish, like fins and tails and bones and all. Yeah, yeah. curry fish. Yeah. I couldn't convince him to eat the whole fish until yeah. <laughs> until we got to the lot. Yeah, that yeah. curry is something else. That's how civilization started. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have to reintroduce civilization back to whole fish. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Wow. So I'm curious about something that's, that's all you do recently. So you went to, I know you went to uh, Florida recently and we're trying a bunch of mangoes. What was, what was yeah. that like? 
So the inspiration behind that was, you know, I've been talking to Rod about this for years. How long? Probably like it's it's been six, two, five years. Yeah, it's been a while. We talked about uh, mangoes for a while, and um, one day uh, we worked. We're working with a, a purveyor, Larder Foods. They brought these really unique mangoes to the restaurant, and I said, "Wait, where, where'd you get these?" Mm-hmm. South Florida, Homestead, and fortunately, the next week we had a week vacation yeah. from the restaurant and i decided that that i was gonna finally follow through with my plan mm-hmm. invited my mom and dad because they love fruit mom's yep. from the fruit market and then we drove 10 hours down to miami we passed that 40 minutes to homestead where all mm-hmm. all the tropical fruit uh paradise lives wow wow got an airbnb Walked out, there were mango trees like in her backyard. Uh, oh. we, uh, oh. so we, we made, we went to a mango conference, we went to a fruit and spice market, uh, uh, not market, but park mm-hmm. out mangoes as much as possible. And, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I want to revisit annually. Uh, yeah. Just to learn more and more and make connections down there. It's so cool. Oh my God. I want to go to a mango conference. Right? I want to try the mangoes. I have to I like do. it a lot, though. It's, it, can, it, can, can, it can be boring <laughs> if you don't like mangoes. Oh, I like mangoes. I'm still learning. I just learned that there's more than one kind of mango. I mean, I know there's conceptually, I know there's more than one mango, but I've never, I've only seen just, I guess, whatever varietal you get in the stores. But. Yeah, there's like different shapes, different. Yeah. Like, Seed and meat, uh, taste. Sometimes the mangoes taste like other fruits. It's interesting, crazy. In Jamaica, they get really round and purple, mm-hmm. or at least like where my grandmother lives. And when oh. I was a kid, the mango trees were like insanely tall. Like I guess like you know palm trees and stuff like that. And we yeah. had this like stick. That was probably about a 10 foot tall stick and you would go and use it to jostle down the mangoes so like you basically had to like go and shake them and then catch them too and so like eight-year-old me would be like going on an adventure in the backyard to go and get a mango and like sometimes i would just end up dropping all of them and they would like spot on the ground yeah. but then when i would get one i was like great like i have this mango i'm gonna eat it now and it's like the size of my head and my grandma's like you you can't eat that whole thing and i was like yes i can i caught it what are you talking about (laughs) yeah the the mango stick uh tool i think i use a derivative of that down there Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it was like a little net like a metal netted basket on a stick and there was like a like a small entrance for the mango stem to insert and then you just got to pull it down and it just comes into this little basket yeah that's clutch but the the, the thing about mangoes i find interesting is like it the the clientele of mangoes is so diverse yeah mm-hmm. it, it, it it like seeps into other cultures and um when I was at the mango conference, I saw 
people from all over the world mm-hmm. talking about their type of mangoes that they grew up with. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it brings a lot of people together, just like a, an ingredient, just one ingredient. Yeah. What was the most surprising? <laughs> surprising? Yeah. Brought you to uh, the mango journey. No, was- I mean, I didn't, but I think, uh, you know, I think the beginning conversation was like, you know, not just mangoes, but all fruit, you know, mm-hmm. that you could find in Thailand, you can find down there too. And, and kind of like, oh, wow. I think we want, or most of it, I would say, you know, and it is seasonal too, obviously down there. Yeah. But I think we, you know, we wanted to kind of, you know, build that relationship with a few farmers down there, you know, in general, but, you know, obviously mm-hmm. happened to be, you know, mango central, basically, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, hey, you know, every little bit helps kind of uh, get us to a better kind of position with, you know, fresh ingredients and, and relationships that are closer to home, you know? Yeah. So, mm. so I'm actually curious because I was going to talk about this a lot. Um, we know a lot about Grenache uh, your journey through um, food and how you came to it and why it's like important for you here. But Rod, I'm, I'm curious, actually. Um, I know, like, as you were, as you become a chef and you're around restaurants in Atlanta and the Southeast that you doing like more Southern cuisine, like, what is your, what, is, what like, what, is, I guess, what was that at first, like, kind of intro to food and started to, like, waken that passion for you? Like, what was that like first moments or the first, like, time, like, for you? Um, I think for me, I had a few aha moments, but, mm-hmm. you know, the Southern food, it did come a little later, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it was just the norm, you know what I mean? It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, grandma cooked, you know, both grandmas cooked different Southern techniques of, mm-hmm. this, you know, foods. So we got a little here and a little there, but and my mom did the same thing, you know, so that wasn't really like the wake up call for me for, for wanting to, to, to be a chef or to be a cook yeah. or, you know, I think it wasn't until I kind of like begged, um now a good friend of mine uh, mm-hmm. that was a chef at this fine dining restaurant for a job you know yeah because um, i knew there was more out there mm-hmm. i started cooking that food which was probably one of the first modern kind of american hybrid yeah. restaurants um yeah that i'd worked at in in tallahassee you know so there wasn't many but this was one of the ones that were mm-hmm. you know all the buzz was at you know he's like i don't want to hire you and I basically, <laughs> I mean, he literally was like, I don't know, man. just short of getting on my knees. I was like, dude, I promise. <laughs> I was like, I may not know it, but I promise I'm a quick learner. I'll be here yeah. all the time, whatever you need. And he stuck me on the lunch crew at this place. And and mm-hmm. when I started doing that, working with the, the chef there, meeting people that are, were passionate, like more passionate than even I was, that mm-hmm. kind of got me into the, you know, the wheelhouse of, uh, kind of like this is what I want to do right um it wasn't a specific dish it was kind of that restaurant that mm. sparked me saying you know hey I could probably do this for a living mm-hmm. cool you know learning about knives learning about taking care of equipment I mean everything yeah. was kind of uh I started there but I think food wise I uh had a another friend that that worked at the sushi restaurant mm-hmm. uh, I'd go there and eat sushi whenever I could afford to do that. Yeah. 
when I kind of fell in love with Asian cuisine. Um, mm. I, it doesn't encompass everything, obviously. Mm. It was just so good. And I was like, dude, how did you do this? There's just yeah. a bunch of older, you know, Japanese, you know, sushi chefs there and this one 20 something white, white boy right there making. <laughs> I was like, Man, I want to be on this level. I, I, this yeah. food is so good. This, you know, the sauces. But I just, after pushing through the industry, I realized, you know, I just so much technique, so much time, mm-hmm. so much training. I was just not prepared at that age to kind of devote that much to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of put that on the back burner. And obviously, you know, X Y Z. Many many years later after meeting him, everything came full circle moment once I tried some of that food, you know, and it was, I I knew that was it basically at that point, you know, but, but falling in love with food was a long time ago, obviously Mm. out of necessity and then out of learning what you can actually do with food. It's not all, you know, greens and fried chicken like that, which I enjoy. (laughs) But they just took it to that that next level that I'd never seen before at this other restaurant, you know. Yeah. Simple things, and and uh, I was like a sponge at that point, you know. Yeah. I didn't know what the dish was, what kind of fusion thing it was, or whatnot. I just was like, this is the ticket, you know what I mean? This is that that's where it all started. And I, I think I was, I was I was in my twenties. I had to I had to have been like twenty four, twenty five, so maybe a little mm-hmm. later. Some other, um, you know culinary graduates or, or people that kind of find that passion. I, I was looking at other faster serviced restaurants and I was like, this thing doing it for me. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's gotta be something else out there. You know, I mean, I love to eat. I like eating, you know, you know, here, but um, mm-hmm. there has to be something out there that I can kind of learn a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it happened very quickly after I kind of got into that restaurant. So very grateful for that opportunity, of course. And then from there, it, the sky was the limit. I worked at every restaurant I could after that. Yeah. With the same chef that uh, hired me there at that restaurant. Mm. Was there anybody in your immediate family circle that was not supportive of you pursuing food professionally? Not really. Um, I think it was probably just a surprise to all of them, mm. you know, in school, uh, my dad was a you know police officer for, for many years. Um, and, uh, I was kind of pursuing that in college mm-hmm. and, um, you know, started, I had to make money, you know, I had to work, yeah. sort of working at a couple of chain restaurants. And then I was like, yeah, this is kind of whatever I want to get in the kitchen. And so kind mm-hmm. of. Slowly, that's how that worked into that. But um, I think when I started cooking for you know my parents and some mm-hmm. other friends and family, occasionally uh, they were like, "Wow, Rod, this is uh, this is really good," you know. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's all it takes is for your yeah you know, for your mom or dad to say that that's great. You know, how did you learn to do that? What is this? You know, I've never had anything like this and. You know, I kind of maybe mentally digested that, and that kind of helped push myself a little further into the industry and kind of stray away from, you know, criminology, which in hindsight was a, a, a you know, 
<laughs> I'm picturing Rob. Do you know why I pulled you over today? <laughs> man, I was like, man, I, you know, my, I'm, I'm always, I'm pretty easy to get along with, and I would have yeah. just let everybody slide on tickets, you know. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful that I did have some of those opportunities, even if it was a little later. Um, realize yeah. that, uh, you know, I had support from. All, that's all the support I needed was them saying this tastes good, great, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the industry and the mm -hmm. food and all that, so it's obviously a different story. But um, I think I found mine. Uh, it was just a very lucky journey, you know. And I'm just glad I had the mental thought to kind of keep pushing myself, you know, versus just I'm happy just being here, you know. Um, right. Yeah. More for yourself. I'm really glad. I will say this. I'm really glad that you chose uh, this way to to serve people and to interact with people. Oh my god, that's so scary. I can't even, can't even imagine. The uh, Air Force as well once, mm -hmm. and um, weird thing happened. You know, I had another friend, and um, the day before I was going to sign all the papers, do everything, I got a traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Day before. And uh I went up there, you know, still went, you know, the mm -hmm. you know, he's like, just go, you know, we'll try to take care of it. They probably won't even ask you about it. Well, mm -hmm. you know, got my hand up and they're like, Have you got any tickets and all this stuff? And I was like, Do you have anything outstanding warrants? And I was like, Well, I got a traffic ticket yesterday, but yeah. he's <laughs> like, We we can't sign you up. You have to take care of that. And I tried to do it right there, I could get it figured out. Wow. <laughs> to, to, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I just turned 46. So mm. this was my early, earlier 20s, you know, and, um, you know, same thing. Glad I didn't do that. This was circumstantial, a very lucky um, thing that happened that I wasn't shipping all the, the kids over there to Afghanistan yeah. and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah. Being a cop and getting in the Air Force, obviously, there was a, a higher power of some sort that said, that's not your path, you know, like, you know, right. It, it so, won't have to lot market. It, you know. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it could have saved your life too. Yeah. Like the timing of that. So I, I never take those kind of signs, even if, you know, a ticket wouldn't seem like a sign, but the day yeah. looking back, some, somebody said, no, this isn't you. This isn't what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Wow. wow. I think we both combined. We're we have this thing that we talk about sometimes that we're confused by. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't I don't feel one hundred percent like I can do everything, but mm -hmm. I feel like we have a lot of luck on our side. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. We do try to focus on the positive as much as we can, and I feel like. Mm -hmm dips are down or when kind of you know things are going wrong with the world you know if you can have a little bit of you know kind of optimism about you know the journey and say you know what it's bad but it's not gonna hinder me you know we let's stay positive you know and that that has a lot to do with the success of the restaurant honestly we know i know the the tie aspect and all that is mm -hmm. is that's the that's the blood you know that's what makes this what it is but there's also some drive there that without that, we, we might not be here, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Without that outlook of like, we can do it no matter what is stacked up against us, you know, and, and 
that comes from all the challenges and, and things that I think we've dealt with when we were younger, you know, and yeah. so different paths and different challenges, but, you know, we have the same kind of mindset of like, let's keep going no matter what, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that, that weighs very heavily with the restaurant. Yeah. I was super curious because I saw y'all posted about the ticket machines going down in the middle yeah. of service. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I've only ever dealt with that once in my entire mm. life. And it was definitely worth crying over. Yeah. How did y'all get through that? <laughs> like, what happened? Yeah, this is one of many, many <laughs> difficult things, but that wasn't even the hardest things we have, we have ever experienced. Yeah. Um, I don't, we have a lot of really, really amazing, talented people on our staff. Mm -hmm. You know, they just kind of carry the, they just find ways and we try to put our, we put all our minds together and yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just how, as cooks, that's how we are. Mm -hmm. We find something that um, is a, is a obstacle we find other ways to get around it. And as you become a restaurant owner, that's the mindset that you have to have too. Um, oh, well, yeah, we, we did, the POS system went down. <laughs> there were car surges because everybody in the area was home and using air conditioning. And so mm. yeah, we're getting our computers going down so yeah. we can't print the menu, we can't put the menu online. Um, you just you use QR codes. Yeah, uh, yeah. You use uh, you know, handwritten tickets. Yeah. And just take deep breaths. Yeah. Lots of deep <laughs> Be patient. Yeah. The other good thing is that you know, with this the restaurant, we did um, intend to make the footprint a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I was like, hey, if someone calls out, we need to be able to jump in and and yeah. You know, and obviously the staff has grown tremendously large, um, but to keep that footprint smaller. So when, you know, these big problems do happen, maybe they're not as big yeah. as it would have been if you had this, you know, 200 seat restaurant, you know, or, mm -hmm. or in one of these. Hotels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but, but honestly, that happening, like I said, it kind of it sucked at the moment um, and mentally strains everyone but uh there's most people on the staff are very uh headstrong too and they want to solve problems so it's not yeah. having to bear the burden you know of yeah but we did learn a valuable lesson of uh you know uh these battery backup surge protectors and uh yeah. so so we're, we're going to implement some new things to uh, help alleviate that in the future but Everything's a learning lesson, you yeah. know. You can't look yeah. at everything, you know. Um, it is in the moment, but after the, <laughs> all right, well, we can do this and this and uh, prevent that from happening next time. So let's yeah. uh, let's head in that direction, you know. And that's yeah. how we've conquered quite a few situations here. Honestly. We're really good at just like, okay, the problem's happening. This, mm -hmm. Let's. Uh, sleep on it and then we talk about the game plan next time yeah. if it ever happens we take yeah. and we just put them in our book of tricks to uh 
um, reverse the, the problem. Uh, yeah. so, so there are many problems that happen. I'm like, people that are new here, they're like, chef, chef, I'm, uh, they're like freaking out. Like this thing, uh, the, 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 the washer is not working. I mean, we've experienced this a lot. <laughs> Don't worry. This is what you do. All right. Go back. Go back. Do I see you just like hit it one time like this? And it's It's so interesting looking at your combined experience Mm -hmm. um, with working in restaurants. And I'm sure, I'm not sure if you're watching the bear. I, for one, am not watching it right now. I don't, I think I need a little bit more distance between (laughs) restaurants before I can watch a show that is so accurate about Mm -hmm. restaurants. Yeah. And, you know, I I would say that that environment is a little bit old school. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, how, what are the differences between the way y'all are running your restaurant now between some of those like traditional things that we've seen like in older restaurant environments? Um, for the back of house, of course, there's no yelling at uh, our employees. There is, you know, it's a, it's a big learning lesson throughout, you know, when there's a problem that we have, uh, with like, you know, maybe they're plating this wrong or, you know, they're storing this product away wrong. You know, I, uh, come up to them or bring them aside. And I like a coach to say, Hey, without emotion, just like, Hey, let's ice the fish before the night's over. Um, thank you. And if, you know, I also, it's important to, uh, build up our staff too. And, yeah, and not only are we looking out for uh, negative, not negative, but like things that can be improved. We're also looking at moments where you know they did a really good job. So we want to capture that and and praise them with our emotions and out loud, so everybody knows that you know you know this person did a great job on the station today. Let's you know, and I think I think that helps with the environment, the working environment. I, the, the, Within these walls, it's it's an ecosystem, and we're the curators, and yeah. mm. are responsible for people's livelihoods, but also, um, you know, how they feel coming to work. We want people to come to work feeling like they're excited. You know, if there's like a new dish on the menu or new uh, information, just we want to keep it fun. Um, and so, yeah, just not only am I just cooking, I, I am also um, more, I'm, I'm looking out uh, for things in the environment uh, that might, you know, keep it off balance or keep it balanced. But um, yeah, there's not a lot of yelling. Uh, what else? Well, I mean, I think, school. I think we both, him in Atlanta, me in Florida, I've experienced some of what that kind of show shares, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, that old guard system of, you know, I've been lined up before after a bad service and yelled at like the owner or chef two inches in front of my face, you know, and, um, people throwing stuff plates against the wall. That's so wild to me. I've seen it multiple times. These aren't bad 
chefs are bad owners, you know, mm -hmm. and it was, it was a, just a different time, you know, and this wasn't like a Michelin star restaurant I was working with. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know, and, and he didn't like this, you know, the guy at the table didn't like the food and, you know, front of house brought it back and Hey, didn't like it. He looks at it, grabs it, throws it against the wall, you know, mm -hmm. in, in anger. And then he's like, all right, let's get back to service. And we're all just like, you know, you know, yeah. right. But an amazing guy outside of, uh, you know, kind of the, the kitchen environment. And I said, you know, after seeing all this multiple years, I was like, if I ever have a restaurant, yeah, it ain't going to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it wasn't enjoyable. I couldn't wait to get out of a restaurant, you know, yeah. like go home, see you, you know, um, a lot of our staff will, will enjoys each other's company. We'll hang out a little bit after service, you know, uh, some of that camaraderie that, that, that really means like, Hey, I think, I think they like being, you know, they like mm -hmm. us. They like each other, you know, it's don't be afraid to ask a question, you know, like, so I think there are some similarities, obviously, when the, the heat's turned up, um, yeah. like, you know, do this again, or, you know, this isn't right. Um, let's fix this now. Yeah. But um, it's all in a controlled, like, flow, you know, like, neither one of us want that environment, you know, yeah. um, the chef coats, um, you know, while I think it is necessary for some restaurants and establishments, I think for us, it doesn't mean let's slack off. It just means, hey, we're relaxed, we're comfortable, you know, and mm -hmm. like this is how we want service to go, you know. Yeah. But we're all pros here. We're all pros. Everybody here, yeah. is, so you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to do much else. You know, honestly, it's it's yeah. Uh, if something goes wrong, it's not that. It's not like mm -hmm. show how 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 that is, you know. But yeah. Yeah. Very happy working environment from my point of view. And it's a different time after COVID, you know, you yeah. realize how important it, it is to kind of like have each other's backs and to kind of have some free time to, to, to enjoy outside the walls. But, and when you're mm -hmm. in, enjoy what you're doing more, um, especially with a small staff. So um, that's kind of my, the different views there from my, my standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I really respect that and those practices. I think it was really important and really sustainable. You talked about like being aware and managing like your footprint and like what you're doing in the world and like the environment. Like, which is like the actual the effect you're having on the planet itself, but then also the people are also part of that planet and part of nature as well. Like humans, like the I think a lot of humans think that we're not part of nature, but we are. And like how we treat people, it kind of like reverberates out and kind of like. Not only does it affect the people who work in there, but people who, who are talking about you when you're not around, you know? And then it's mm. like, your kitchen is like open, so you can see what's going on. So it's also like yelling at someone in that kitchen is probably not gonna be, <laughs> not gonna work out well in front, of, in front of the dining room for the guests and whatnot. And then also to, to having a summer break, you know what I mean? I, I know like- That's a big deal. That's a big deal, you and I think, um, I think a little bit is the same thing too, but having like a break, like a summer break, like, it's one of those things that when I became an adult and started working in like, for real, I was working at Lowe's and my job was, I was working from nine to six. And if you're trying to handle something at the bank, you like can't, it's just little things like that, that yeah. a quality of life, you know what I mean? It's like, here I am trying to go handle my stuff and be an adult, but 
like the Georgia Power is, is closed and so-and-so is closed and all this stuff is closed. I'm trying to handle these things, but giving people time to live their life outside of this this job because it is like, for some people, it's their life. Because even for y'all, it's not your like life. You have family outside of this. You know what I mean? You have like passions outside of this. And I think that's really, really valuable and should be celebrated that this is how y'all move in this industry. I think it's really, really special. Yeah, if, if we want the restaurant, the people to uh, stay longer in the city, and mm -hmm. um, it's all about sustainable uh, balance of uh, working and life. I learned a lot of that from Rod, mm -hmm. as I come from a family that they're workaholics. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how we survived, and that's kind of like my habit. Mm -hmm. I've noticed like if you have time off, not just, you know, sitting around the house, but also engaging with the world and people, yeah. out there, it adds more energy and inspires you and you come back to the restaurant wanting to like do more and show and just, you know, do some cool things. Yeah. What is something that y'all have not accomplished yet that you would really love to accomplish you go first me go first <laughs> I already went. you know i i think at the restaurant you know for me i i don't know if it's an accomplishment it's a, it's gonna be a slow build right of course but yeah I think I, I just want to have a, a bigger outreach for, for for this restaurant. You know, it's I, I don't need you know fame and glory, any of that, no awards. I don't need any of that, honestly. I just want to be have our fingers spread out so far, and people say yeah. that's when you go to Atlanta. I mean, this, yeah. it's a guy in Tokyo or something. You go to Talat Market. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard about this spot. Right. That that's. That's kind of something, I'm not saying we haven't accomplished that on a smaller scale, but, but I want to have that, you know, I, I don't know, I, I, it's not winning anything, but I think I want to have that kind of like. That respect. Yeah, that kind of notoriety to some extent without all the that comes along with it, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm having to live up, you know, beat, beat your next kind of thing. I just want to be the sustainable, amazing restaurant that, that has, has you know, somebody, you know, somebody around the world in different countries have heard about, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I know marketing and you can do that through Instagram, but, but really I want it, you know, maybe not be a household name. That would be kind of a big, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I mean, to, to, you know, maybe a cookbook of some sort, um, down the mm -hmm. road, kind of yeah. region stuff. Um, but with the restaurant to, to, to have its name out there in people's mouths to some extent um, would be kind of my number one yeah. for, for me. I think I love the way things are going now. I love the staff yeah. we have. Um, obviously, little things are going to change, um, you know, seating and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, just a little more, a lot of marketing kind of people's brains, you know, across yeah. the <laughs> I think you're right about that slow burn thing because it's like marketing kind of creates 
buzz, but it's really that what you're describing really only happens over time of people yeah, yeah. coming in the restaurant, traveling right. to Atlanta, right. going Word back to London yeah. and being like, you wouldn't believe I went to this little spot in this neighborhood. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Like, it's like that. It's word of mouth, ultimately, is mm -hmm. of just people yeah. coming in the restaurant, bringing their friends over and over and over again. And it, it's sort of like those small gains when you're on a fitness journey where it's like, Okay, I know nothing changed, but over the when I look back a year from now, like I'm mm -hmm. in better shape than I was like last year. And it's like yeah. it's sort of that like endurance of like, okay, we've been in the game a long time, 10 years in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I, the trajectory that we went on um is there was a lot of patience, mm -hmm. a lot of time. Um figuring things out and we are what we are now because of just all that patience and not rushing and just doing the right thing choosing the right decisions and and trusting our, our gut about what um you know is right in our minds and we are where we are not because we rushed anything not because yeah. we took a magic pill or got a lot of a lot of money to get this it's 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 something very you know you can't you can't really like design it you just mm. have to have like a feeling and um, a starting point and just do it mess up keep doing it and yeah that's one of the things that i'm very proud of with what we've done here is that um we yeah it's just we've lasted this long and it's, we've been patient and we try our best to do the right thing. Um, but yeah, where the future is for the lot market, uh, I, you know, I don't, I, I want the restaurant is not, it's on the track, but it's, it's not even done yet. Yeah. I think, you know, once we get, more of our systems, like our restaurant grows up more and more systems in line, um, more uh, just organization and, and you know, we're, we're trying to go to a really good place where we can stand back and we can be like, I mean, they got it. I, I could just do something else. Um, <laughs> Not necessarily the fun stuff, obviously. You know what I mean? The fun yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, it's fun being here every day, but some of those things to, to kind of get us to that point aren't exactly, you know, super, you know, like, yes, I get to organize systems uh, for spreadsheets, you yeah. know? That's, or, yeah. You like, know, when we were doing our pop ups, we didn't really care about that. We were just kind of cooking and um, hanging out. But now, uh, I've learned is that those systems and the organization helps us get back to that again. Yeah. Where we can yeah. cook and be silly. But without that, it's a, every second something comes up to you and say, there's a problem. I don't know how to fix it. Like constantly. So yeah. I'd like to get to that point and I don't know, just keep getting better and I don't know. If we win awards, that'd be cool. You sure. Know? I mean, I you know some of that. Well, I'm, I'm not come, chasing come that because I know that. Yeah. 
those things will lead you to a, a dark path. Yeah. The system is giving you time off. Like the way yeah. that it was described to me is I was following a friend of mine who um, I guess you could say invented this very elaborate spreadsheet called five minute bookkeeper. And she was like, nobody ever wants to talk about um, tracking their expenses, but everyone wants to talk about like their vacation home and yeah. the car they're going to drive. And she was like, this spreadsheet is how you get the vacation home. <laughs> and, like the way she explained it was like, she's like, I know it's not sexy, but it actually is if you think about it. <laughs> so it was like really, I was, that was like an aha moment for me where I was like, uh-huh, like that is the cool part because that's when it gets to be an asset rather than another job. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think creativity, you know, for him and maybe myself does it still happens obviously, but you have to kind of streamline some of those systems, put those in place and kind of free your head to kind of, you know what I mean? So I, I think, yeah. we're, I think we're, we're not passing the torch per se, but we have, you know, management team in place that yeah. does take on some of the burden that we have had to take on with some of those systems. And um, so I think, you know, maybe another, you know, goal of uh, ourselves is to, to keep the creativity coming, you know? I think a lot of it stems from Parnas, obviously, with the menu and kind of pushing those tie things a little deeper, you know? Um, so having him mentally free from some of those things once we get those systems in place and um, getting that creative aspect and, and how this started, obviously, um, is kind of a goal of mine too, you know? Um, I think he enjoys being creative and I think he always will. So, and that's what uh, people really gravitate towards, you know, um, Instagram that he does and all that. I think that uh, only enhances what we are. And I, I want to see that continue. You know what I mean? so, yeah. I just want to surprise people. I want people, I want people to be like constantly being like, I didn't think the live market would ever do that. Like that's, mm. <laughs> people that's like one of my legacy things for yeah. and is the provide the unexpected that they didn't know they needed. Yeah, I see that. I think, I, I think you definitely <laughs> accomplished that. <laughs> and talk about social media too. Like it's, I love like <laughs> your page and everything you post and you're not scared to, again, it was surprising. You're not scared to try something. You're not scared to, to have an idea and just like see how it goes. Even if you don't know that it's going to work or not. And that's like you can't teach that. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? That's something that people yeah. like I, something we in our business do try to keep and try to like be aware of is like try this, or we try this, because we've been kind of kind of getting that this I wanna call it like a rut, but kind of like kind of a little stagnant with how we like reach out, especially since we move from Atlanta to LA. Like yeah. how do we kind of recreate those the connections? So we had a lot of connections, we knew a lot of people and you know, like how do we do that over here? And we were doing a little bit, like a lot on social media and online. It just felt like it wasn't really doing anything. It kind of got stuck there. But once we started to reach out to people to do stuff like the little, um, like stuff for, for Juneteenth that we did. And right now we're like celebrating like queer chefs in LA. And those are things where we're just going to connect to people. And 
it was like start off with, with Nisa's idea. One of our many leadership meetings where we sit down on the couch and like <laughs> come up with ideas. One of those things, and that's something I really like, admire. Something I really try to like strive for is we're entrepreneurs, and our creativity is our biggest asset. So whenever I'm up against the wall, wherever I can't figure something out, I go back to that to kind of move ahead. Because if I just take information from people or take all these suggestions, they might not work for me. And then today, like we are the ones that get to make those decisions. And it's like trusting like my gut, trusting Nisa's gut, the same way you all trust each other and your staff. Like that's really how you kind of keep moving and kind of get unstuck and find, like you said, these surprising like new ways to progress and be creative and like keep moving and that's why I started this. That's why I started this business. That's why I love photography. That's why I love food. And I'm sure like the creativity is why you love like cooking as well. You know, like it's always like, here's mangoes and like, here's this ingredient I want to try. How can I take these ingredients and make a dish out of it? It's like, that to me is like really exciting and really admirable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it may not seem like it's uh, sometimes financially viable, you know. <laughs> It's every time Fernando shakes his head. Like, <laughs> well, when you try these things, or you, you know, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah, um, you know, that that that's a, a quote as old as time. You know, it's yeah. um, but you know, there are creatives. You know, um, I think sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time to to gain some legs. You know, but, mm -hmm. but doing something you haven't done before, stepping out there um putting it all on the line yeah you know for true creatives that's that's all it is you know and it doesn't i'm just like you throw it in the wind you know even now like i'm like we don't have the money for it but let's make it happen you know what i mean it's, it's never been about the money for me it's about the journey and and what are what are we trying to achieve how do we stick to our values to our goals um and, and it's it's never been money's never been you know it's the catalyst right but it's never the the meaning or anything behind any of what we do yeah and i think you know it's essential right but mm -hmm. you know we know what we can actually truly live on through <laughs> but you know it's it's uh it's the creative process that 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 is the, the financial gain there for me it always has been my whole life you know yeah I never had a, a, a nickel to my name. I was doing things that were creative that that were worth more than money to me. You know, so yeah. When uh, you know, I'm a. I started out as a cook, so I never made that much money. Mm -hmm. I was kind of okay with that, uh, but I just wanted. There was, there were moments where, what led up to the lot. You know, there was. I remember saying to myself uh, that if I'm going to do this, I don't care if I don't make any money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight as hard as possible. Even if I fail, I'm just going to fight as hard to do something, just push it all out. And, and then I can live. And then if it doesn't work out, then I could just move on. Be like, you know mm -hmm. what? I tried that. I could just go work for somewhere else now. But I think that mindset was when you're, you don't have a plan B, you're just like, I'm just putting all my eggs in this basket. It's very mm -hmm. stupid, um, but I feel like it's going to work. I'm just going to do it. Uh, it. 
there's this motivation that it's like um it's just you're full of adrenaline and you just go for it and i think that uh mindset is also carried all the way down to now um we do a lot of things where i'm like i don't care if we fail so, you know. mm-hmm. but these days you know we have more people to support and all that stuff yeah. so i find my way where i can practice that um with like maybe a new menu item like i i did street food on the street and i grilled like pork and all that stuff that's something that we've talked about for a long time uh and i remember having we were having like heated meetings about it like oh then how does front of house do this and how does how do they get the ticket out and how do the, the step and and we never came up with a, a conclusion or uh, for that uh thing so one day i was just like i don't care if i fail i'm just gonna freaking do it because we can talk all we want. Yeah. I think when we do it, the results talk for themselves. Yeah. And I can, we can build off of that. Um, and so that's just, I feel like Rod has that mentality too now. I mean, it has been for a while. And I think we just met the, the, the same, same mindset. And, um, and we like, we have a dumb idea. We don't say it's dumb. Mm-hmm. I, when I say dumb, <laughs> when I say dumb idea, I just mean like, just to make myself feel better that if it yeah. makes, that yeah. I didn't waste my time. It's just we support each other's dumb ideas usually, and if we fail, we like pick each other back up. I'm like, look what we learned. Let's keep going. Let's. What's the yeah. next dumb idea? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the smartest dumb idea we have. <laughs> And let's try to dive a little bit into that, you know? Okay, it's your turn. It's my turn. (laughs) I think that's so important, though, because a lot of times those dumb ideas really work out. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get in our own way when Mm -hmm. we have a stroke of genius, actually, because it usually sounds goofy or it sounds different than what you've always done. Yeah. Or it sounds like the opposite thing that you should be doing, especially when you don't know why you feel drawn to that idea, but you just feel so strongly about it. And usually when it's that, when it's just like, this is looming over our heads, like recently Tabari and I were like, we want to take a break off of social media Mm -hmm. and just focus on literally every other part of the business, like the creating part, the collaboration part, Mm -hmm and the meeting people part and just avoid social media for like a month Mm -hmm. and i was like as soon as he said that i was like (laughs) thinking i was like it would be so nice to not have to worry about what i was gonna post and to just Mm -hmm. just like you need a vacation from everything else it's like you just we just needed a break and we wanted to like tap into our creativity more and really kind of evolve our style and aesthetic and all of that and we just needed time and energy to do that as soon as Tabari said that i was like i'm deleting instagram right now right now and he's like i meant i was like wait i got a video i'm working on right now to release i was like gonna... we live in 2023 i was like hold on wait a minute that's, that's, that's slow i was that's like, like i'll do it right now and then of course it like doesn't 
do anything to delete the app, right? It's like yeah. our account is there. It's you can still post stuff like mm-hmm. without logging in and all of that stuff. But for me, it was like between our personal projects, the business, yeah. I was like, and then threads. Yeah. I was like, it's too much. It's too much. And I'm like losing the connection that I have with myself and mm-hmm. with what we like to do. And I was like, I would rather just like do a bunch of photo shoots, even if it's just like around the house or around the neighborhood. I just want to get back to what I really love because when you're building a business, there's so much other stuff that comes into it. And I was like, this is going to be great. And so eventually, like a couple days later, we I at least deleted the app, even though mm-hmm. it does nothing. But it at least gets it out of my face yeah. to where when I'm on my phone, because I was like, I tried to hide it. But all I would do is I would scroll, scroll over, <laughs> you know, and I would find it again. And I was like, yeah. this is a problem. Like, I have to put this down and just do something else, even if it's like writing articles or you know, emailing people or being on phone calls more often. It's just, it's like, what would I be doing right now if I wasn't concerned with these metrics? And then when I come back to it, what's the energy I would come back to it with after everything I've learned? And literally it's been like two days and I feel so different. I feel like I gained five hours in the day. Oh yeah. yeah. I guess another big change. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was, I, I wholeheartedly agree that, yeah. you know, we do spend so much time, whether it's posting or going through feeds, mm-hmm. to be adding to our creative process exactly. or problem solving in our own lives, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I, I think it's a great thing. You just have to kind of, I mean, I think that's where you can kind of make your mark too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, more creative things come, you know, I mean, I think some of the best, probably the, the coolest things aren't probably posted, but people know about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I, I think you might be on the right track, you know, um, you know, or, or even from my standpoint, I don't post that much, but I do go through feeds quite a bit and yeah. you get so much time back when you don't do that. At least I do as a non poster. I'm more, <laughs> So I'm on the back end, like scrolling through videos. I'm like, where, where did those, you know, three hours go? <laughs> yeah, oh. what is that? Just, I just woke up and now it's like ten o'clock, and that is. I didn't. I didn't find yeah. any good ideas. Like yeah. not one. Anything that I'm gonna remember tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, I think you're on the right track, honestly. I, I feel you. You two have been in the food industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was a like moments. Uh, in the kitchen where when you're running a station when there's too many tickets you count how many dishes you have to make of this dish and your station is a mess there's food all over the floor um and you're just you don't even know where some of the tickets are just like (laughs) in the best way you know that's that's kind of like life you know like how creative life you have so much going on events posts you have to make and the best thing to do in that situation even though it sounds like it's against um what you need to do in that moment is you pause yeah in all the chaos 
and just stop. And then you start small. You start organizing the tickets. You start cleaning your board. You start refilling all your ingredients. Mm -hmm. You start sweeping the floor. And then you ask the chef, "What? where am I? Now you know. You reset it. And now you're good to go. Yeah. That's um, how you know, I, ha I feel like I have to do my thing too as a owner slash chef it's like when there's is there's too much going on i just have to like you know just leave sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's the gem that's the gem right there <laughs> just push down push down the tickets and be like all right i was just gonna come I'm gonna walk outside for a second but yeah, that's yeah. Really important. Yeah, all right see you later yeah, because it happens in the restaurants. It happens. So, <laughs> yeah, peace. It happens, at, it happens at home. Like sometimes it'll happen. Like sometimes, like when I'm when I'm like when I'm cooking. Sometimes, like I'll be like I have my music on, whatever I'm doing. Maybe watching like Naruto in the background and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just stop everything real quick. Let me get my plan together. All right, so I'll be doing this first. This is this has to go in first. That's ready. All right, so I got my stuff chopped up already. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, get my game plan together. Okay, press play. I just <laughs> that really is the perfect metaphor though it's the perfect mm -hmm. metaphor where it's like this is happening this is happening this is happening mm -hmm. and all of those things do need to happen and it's yeah. like we obviously value social media but yeah. it's like you have to understand like creativity is not it it has to be nurtured by flow and identifying the things that block the flow is so important and i think that's where we were where we were like you know what like we're in a good spot we have some really interesting projects coming up mm -hmm. it wouldn't hurt us to take a month off from especially on our personal i was like nobody's gonna miss me on my personal page <laughs> like you know it was like and that's taking up so much of my time when i want yeah. my time over here and as they say like money is an amplifier and i was yeah. like if we grow our business like this, which we are, I don't want many commas later to be like doing the same thing where I'm mm -hmm. completely far away from the creative part. Yeah. I would rather be trending in the direction of a couple of commas later being super involved in the creative part. And so even just getting that clarity it was so is really what I'm hoping to get out of this experience. I know if nothing mm -hmm. else, my stress level is going to go way down, yeah. which is a win in of itself. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of bringing it to our, uh, our favorite game show. <laughs> it's time for bops. Bops. Bangers. Bangers. Bus. Or bus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I can go first, Lisa. Yeah. Okay, you can go first. All right. I'm doing a Nisa way. I'm gonna let the let the spirit take it. My guys take me. My ancestors <laughs> influence me because usually I write down all my things while we're going, but I'll just kind of do it in the conversation, so I don't have anything. So, okay. Um, we'll, we'll say boss bangers a bus again. A banger is a ten out of ten. If a song came on the radio, I'd be a I'd be late to work to listen to it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a bust is like I'll go to work early just to avoid the song. Um, and a bop is somewhere in the middle, um, and then we'll, I'll, we'll say it, and then you'll just take turns making your opinion. This is really interesting to see what, how you all think. So let's, let's see. Um, boss fingers or bus hikes. 
banger. Uh, for me, that's a a bop. Mm. <laughs> you got Ginger in the background, so I the dogs in the background. <laughs> she sees something outside. The I don't know. Guest. Yeah. <laughs> Bob's fingers are bust. Fish sauce. Oh, banger. Banger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> easy one. Lisa, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a hard one next time. I'll do a hard one. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Boss bangers of bus, avocados. Uh Bop. Mm. Bop for me too. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's controversial. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't need avocado toast for life. <laughs> we did go through a phase. Like oh, yeah. I've the city of Atlanta went through the biggest avocado toast phase. It was just very, I think it's like similarly to the orange wine phase that LA is going through right now. Just like, <laughs> what is we that? are in it right now. I got you. Yeah. We've had some <laughs> one at the lot market curated by Andy Chen, our wine person. Yeah. Yay. Well, now it's happening in Atlanta too. Because there was a time where like, you'd be lucky to find it mm. on a menu uh, and i think we're moving into the part where people are going to be like what orange wines do you have wow. oh you don't have orange why don't you have orange wine like it's just like a <laughs> you also really get orange right wine now. because it's really like LA. yeah or, it's going to replace uh, Sauvignon Blanc. we have a, a orange wine that's non-alcoholic it's called yeah. Fanta. oh Fanta. Well, <laughs> Orange Fanta. Yeah. It's really good, especially with the crispy rice salad. Mm. It's, really good. it's the straight face for me. <laughs> He's uh, like deadpan. Like, like it goes from, great with me. I bet it does. It's bubbly. You know what I mean? It's a little different than what you might get normally. It's a but sparkling it's, orange yeah. wine. Yes, right ratio. Yeah, natural. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not sure. better than a can. Yeah. Wow. I'm dead. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Lisa, it's your turn. Okay, it's my turn. <laughs> Bob's fingers are a bust. The belt line. Wow. Banger. <laughs> right now it's kind of a bust for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know. I mean, you don't like hiking, so uh, I like hiking, you know. But, you know, I think the belt line just, uh, man, it's it, that's the. I mean, I'm all for it, right? Of course, mm. but uh, I think it's the project that never ends, you know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think it's taken a uh, different turn than what originally it was intended for. Mm. Yep. But uh, hey, I, I don't think uh, getting around a little, you know. Is, is a bad thing, but for me, right now it's a bust, you know. Yeah, so I, I would say that I really like biking on the belt line, especially when it's not busy. Yeah, like the uh, apartments and the kind of like cookie cutter restaurants popping up along the belt line, mm -hmm. not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel that it's uh. <laughs> Since we moved out here and so we're in Venice and so we're like 
a mile and a half from the boardwalk on the beach. And the boardwalk, I think definitely what they were aiming for is like that boardwalk, but it's like, boardwalk itself is like really, really wide. Yeah. So you have people like kind of walking on both sides, there's traffic, there's people like on their boards and their bikes kind of weaving through everything. It's very active and very kind of go and you can walk your own pace. And then a lot of restaurants and a lot of people on the side playing their music and live music and all wares and whatnot. And I think that there's like, Atlanta definitely needs something like that where people can like kind of congregate and just like be and be active and like walk around because there's not much like walkability really in like Atlanta. I just think yeah. that it's like, it's really, it just, some of the people get going to it and it's busy. Then it's like, now we're kind of at the mall again in the mall hallway where it's just like, uh, uh, and people speeding on their bikes and whatnot. And even, I don't know how long the, the, what the planning was over here, but there's like a, I call it the highway. Like there's a big boardwalk where everybody can go. And then there's like a winding trail where people could be on their mopeds or their electric bikes and whatnot to move a little faster. People still go over there and walk slowly. I'm like, get off the highway. Like you can't, that's kind of, it's like, it needs to have like another side too, because people, whenever, when, if you're walking with your kids and you're walking your dog and there's a guy on a bike on a one wheel, it's like, it's, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like you're outside. It feels like you're in a hallway. And I think that's where the Beltline is kind of like. Struggles. I think too, like Rod was saying, it the intention of the Beltline completely went sideways. Like it yeah. was supposed to make Atlanta way more accessible. Mm -hmm. And it was designed by a Georgia Tech student too. And then, you know, the project just, like he actually ended up leaving the project long before yeah. it was finished because he was like this isn't what i intended it for and it just took a life of its own yeah. so it's like it felt like a band-aid solution to mm -hmm. a problem that you really needed stitches for mm -hmm. but yeah atlanta politics what, what was i love talking about it what was y'all's uh banger blast on that Oh. <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. I think it's a bop. Like it is nice yeah. to when it's not crowded, it is it is a nice thing. I think especially because Atlanta's landlocked. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have this like thing that defines the city as unique, I guess you could say, or like mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we have hiking, but that's a drive. Mm -hmm. We have the food. And we have the people and the diversity, and we have the belt line. It's like you have to have something to make the city like a destination, I guess. And we're and wanting to be like, okay, maybe I can settle there because there's this major benefit of being here, like either infrastructure wise or geographic wise, you know. And the belt line gave Atlanta that thing, but I think the gentrification got way out of control. Yeah. Like way out of control. And instead of making more public spaces, they just made a lot more private spaces. Yeah. And so that's why I was just like, damn, like, have we learned nothing? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a bop at best. I think it's a bop too, because while it does have this attraction, you know, for like bringing like more money to the city, and whatnot and then of course that comes with all like the houses they just like kind of keep going straight up and it's just like really intense urban sprawl where there's a lot more stuff kind of they're kind of compacting all this stuff into the city 
and then it's like where do people go like where's the parking like there's all, there's all this stuff that's happening on like ponts right now that's all that like they got rid of like, they're getting rid of a lot of that like the local and all other like kind of like traditional like older like places just to put more like housing and it's Hans is a really busy street and then the Beltline's over there too. And I just wonder, like, I just think that with like with city planning, there needs to be like a lot more like a holistic approach to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, the restaurant is like how to like from where you're sourcing to how you treat people to how you like have menus and QR codes, like all this stuff like is like a factor. And I think that kind of gets like lost in the sauce when it's like, let's just it's kind of like it's it's like it's not people focused. It's more like big business developer focus. focus. Yeah. I'm not here to say that like big business is like bad that kind of thing, but it it's easy to for the like the small person for the individual people who actually live there and move around the space to get lost when there's these kind of like developers and boards kind of like just making decisions and like us all having to kind of just suffer or deal with it or tolerate it or not so yeah kind of a kind of a cash grab for for some mm -hmm. people for sure mm -hmm. a lot of the construction companies aren't even you know georgia based to any extent. Yeah. you know they kind mm -hmm. of bigger companies and they don't really you know i mean i'm not a native georgian but i'm mm -hmm. close enough you know i understand how atlanta was 15 plus years ago yeah um but a lot of these companies don't they don't care they don't they don't have they don't know where what they plan has been through you know and, right um they just are like yeah we'll build a another bunch of condos here we don't care mm -hmm. no yeah. style no definition you know <laughs> no style no heart no public space and then the public space like we think about i think we need to we're talking about this like recently well, common conversation is that the public space, people to kind of go and interact with people in a public space and to go on public like um, places like the Piedmont parks and like, um, I guess that's something else. I mean, Grand Park a little bit, but places where you can kind of go um, and just kind of sit and be and you can interact with people who are like out there reading and whatnot. And that's like why we moved to the place that we moved specifically, like it could have been somewhere else anywhere in the world, but we wanted to have walkability access to like public spaces and like green spaces where there's you know like there was when we first moved here early this year there was like oranges on the trees and whatnot and they're kind of went away now with oranges kind of coming back and i want that there's a, there's a house i passed taking a dog out i'm like i want to bring that damn stick you'll talk about i'm gonna get some of these, these oranges because yeah. <laughs> and we walked past like a fig tree the other day and it was i was like this is can i, I grab one it, was, it wasn't it wasn't ripe yet that was upsetting, but <laughs> I, was that damn thing. I was trying to, man. It was it was you learned. You know, yeah, now I know. So, but I'll know I'll come back in a couple of weeks and I'll be like, okay, let me grab a couple of things. I love things. And yeah, I just think it's more like green space, more that holistic approach to city planning. Can I change yeah. here to Bob? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like First time me. ever. <laughs> oh man, really convince me. <laughs> okay, um, it's like I'd like to adjust my answer to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll do my last one. Pop spangers or bust. Hmm. In the words of Nisa, I'm gonna make it a good one. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, boss bangers or buzz? Ketchup. Banger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say bop because mayonnaise is my number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's mayonnaise. Good. Well, I just meant you know, a banger would be mayo for me. Yeah. And ketchup and mustard are just bop, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lisa put me onto the like mayo with the fries, you know, I was dipping. And I was like, oh, it's flavor here. And then we started making aioli, you know, garlic and dill. And I was like, oh, this is. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I went to uh, one of my activities outside of the restaurant that I like to do is peruse like uh, the cereal aisle or the condiment aisle at yeah. like grocery stores. And, um, there's always new inventions that happen there that, you know, they could spur inspirational things. Yeah. But I saw that mayonnaise has like mustard mixed with mayonnaise version. There's like ketchup mixed with mayonnaise version. They like, it's like, it's a thing now. You can I remember when we were kids, we would take uh, mayo and ketchup mixed together to like that thousand islands. Or <laughs> be like, oh, we're killing it, bro, man. Yeah, you, can buy it. You, can buy it. <laughs> you can literally buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> they caught on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make it a good one. <laughs> Bob's bangers are buzz. Sparkling water. Uh I would say the Bob. Mm. I'm going to say Bob too, because, you know, as much as I love a LaCroix, Montaigne's, Perrier, which, what have you, <laughs> man, I'll tell you, on a hot day like we've had here in the past two weeks, mm-hmm. ice cold water. It's it's a saving grace, and uh, I've never, as a society, I never want us to forget that. You know, yeah. <laughs> all these beverages they go crazy. This is where we started. Ice cold. You're talking about how civilization started, yeah? Or not? You like just cold water? Yeah, you know I mean, just, um... <laughs> yeah. Love it. I remember because I worked. Um, my dad has his own business, and he would. Um, He's an arborist. He he also like he climbs trees, so he it would prune trees and whatnot. And I have a lot of uh, brothers, and we kind of as soon as we could work, we're kind of like with him. You know what I mean? If we weren't working, we were like there dragging the limbs to the curb or whatever. And I remember how important it was to bring ice and water. You know, just get a twenty-four pack of water, cover it in ice. You know, then put it in the shade somewhere and keep going. And it would just be some times where you just like stop, chug a whole bottle of water, oof, and kind of get back to it. It's like because it's so important because I, I've never had any like heat stroke or passed out and like that, but with that and with summer camp doing like, like band camp, I've seen people kind of like go faint and their eyes roll back in the back of the head and whatnot. And I think it's so scary to me. <laughs> oh, it's hard to chug a sparkling water too. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, you know, we love ice water and all that stuff, but it's also controversial. Yeah. Mm. People don't like ice water. Ice cold water. What room temp? Sensitive teeth. Mm. You know, serving. It is controversial, yeah. But I, I would say I, I'm team ice water, like yeah. banger times seven yeah. million. <laughs> what was that I heard? The uh, 
flavor of water is determined by how cold it is, the temperature of it. Like, you know, when your water is like so cold and it's like, man, this is the best drink in the world. Then you drink it from the water hose and, you know, you're just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> your water doesn't taste good, putting ice in there, yeah. make it really cold. Mm, you can't even it. taste it. Yes. <laughs> oh my god you heard it here first the owners of pull-out market the the secret to the best tasting water revealed Ice in it. and we do filter our water by the way too. yes yeah. it's very important to filter it <laughs> we keep our what we like ice water wise outside of the restaurant <laughs> yeah so so Rod and Pranas, it's been a really good time talking to you all today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, um, is there else you want to share? Anything you want to plug? Any events coming up? You know where people can find you. Uh, wine dinner. Well, we have a wine dinner with Raj Parr, but I think it's the podcast is not going to come out until we're done with the. The dinner, but pretty excited about that. He's um, our he he his name made our wine guy Andy really really nervous and excited. Oh, <laughs> I didn't really know about him until he introduced me to him. And yeah. He's a big deal. He's in uh, California too. Okay. Where is he in? Make an intro. San Francisco. -ish. I don't know. Yeah. Wine country, and uh, yeah, we're excited. <laughs> Uh, but Rod, uh, one big announcement is Rod is going to LA. Oh yeah. Where's where, yeah. should, where should he go? I'm going to LA August the fourteenth. Yeah, the tenth through the thirteenth. Okay. Oh my yeah. god. We have a few restaurant wrecks, um, and definitely um, if you come to Venice, Deadly Market it's a like it's like seafood, and they do really good. They have like a wine program as well. Um, where else? Uh, they also have really good burger as well. The famous burger. And who else have we been out here that we really like so far? Um, there's an Italian restaurant, well, more high ticket. Is it Vino Vini? What is it? Vino Two Vs. Okay, what to start with? I think that is what it's called. It's like is that in Santa Monica? Yeah, it's a. It's like a. I mean, like 30, 40 minutes, like thirty minutes away yeah. from like north of, of here, of Venice. And also. We did get to try Ayara's food. Ayara Thai, yeah. Yeah, they're really good. They're like a family-owned Thai place, mm -hmm. and they like we met them at Masters of Taste, and mm -hmm. that was just like an insane bite. And they'd been yeah. like, it was like a parents, and then they pass it down to their kids, and like now mm -hmm. the kids are running it, and the kids are like in their forties now. So they've been around for like 18 years or something, just that one location. Mm -hmm. And it was just like really amazing. Yeah. And they're just super nice people. They're yeah. super yeah. nice. Three options. Oh yeah, there's a lot. I uh so many and uh you know packed in there ready to <laughs> but yeah, one of my wife's friends is a actress out there. She's staying about half the year yeah. these days. So we're going to go visit her and go to the Hollywood cemetery and see a show there. 
Yeah. Ooh. And yeah. eat as much as possible, obviously. Bad part, yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Cool. I think I have to pick up my brother now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta go now. Okay, so yeah, but thanks, y'all. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll probably be out soon. Thanks, y'all, for having us, and we'll see you next time on the. See you next time. <laughs> Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank right. you. Bye. so much for listening to this episode and rocking with us if you really like the episode please leave us a five-star review every review means so much to us